What's so great about the Bible? I mean, really, honestly, what's so great about it? Why should I read it and try to apply what's in it to my own life? Aren't there plenty of other shorter, maybe easier to understand, helpful books out there? What about those parts of the Bible that are so tough to understand and there's so many different opinions about it? Is the Bible true and right about everything? What about all the different Bible translations that are out there? What, what about all that? Well, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about any of these questions? Have you ever looked at the Bible and thought, well, you know, it, it's, I know it's a good book. Well, in this series, we're going to answer these types of questions about the Bible. Now, here at Ignite Church, we do believe the Bible really is great. But is it because the Bible is the most translated and copied and best-selling book of all time? Well, that's a result of it being great, but that, we don't think that's what makes it great. Is it because preachers tell us we should believe what's in it? Well, they're right in doing that, but we don't think that's what makes it great. To answer this question of why is the Bible great, let me ask you a question. Think about this. Would you agree that deep down in the core of every person's soul, we all want to be loved? Would you agree with that, that that's a universal truth for all people, for all time, that something inside of us that we believe is created by God to be that way wants to be loved? Well, here at Ignite, we believe the Bible really is great because in the Bible, we see God taking the initiative to love us. Last week, we called it God's love letter to us and talked about how that's his heart in taking the initiative to show us love, and that's what he does through the Bible. So in this series, we're going to explore just how God does that, and we're asking everybody to see this as a spiritual journey. Each week, the first part of our message is going to deal with spiritual principles and, and under, dealing with the Bible, and then at the end, it's going to be practical, and here's something we can literally do and give you assignment for the coming week. Now, the last two weeks, we discussed a couple things. First, we said the Bible is superfood and that it is healthy for our souls. And we said this. We said that when we embrace the Bible, we are embracing God, His love, and the healthy spiritual food that blesses our lives. That's, that's a big deal sentence, isn't it? That there's something I can do to embrace God and to embrace His love and have healthy spiritual food. I mean, that's a big, big deal. Well, the Bible does that. Last week, we talked about how extremely helpful the Bible is, how God gives us so much helpful guidance in the Bible. We said that one specific way that God helps us is to give us understanding into life situations. He gives us understanding through the Bible into life situations. Now, this week, today, we're going to drill down deeper into that thought, and we're going to see how understanding through a process can eventually make us wise people. God loves us so much that he, he wants us to live our lives wisely. And I'm a, I'm a movie lover. I like to watch movies. And, and what comes to mind when I hear this is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And they're getting close to the end of the movie. And Indiana Jones is in this room. And he's having to pick a, a cup to drink out of. And if he picks the right cup, he's going to live and get to save his father. If he drinks out of the, the wrong cup, he's going to shrivel up into a skeleton like the guy did before him who chose poorly. And so there's a, a knight sitting, you know, in the room. And so he goes and he picks a cup and he drinks out of it. And that knight looks at him and he says this, you have chosen wisely. And of course, Indiana Jones lives and saves the day. Well, I want to choose 
wisely. I want to live my life wisely. And now to do this, I need to be able to see what's happening. I need, need to be able to see, understand, but then even go further than understand. I need to know what to do, know what's going on, but I've got to be able to see it. I have to walk through life with my eyes open if I want to see. Now, does that, that make sense, right? Are we, I mean, that, I, I, that should make sense to everybody in here. All right, close your eyes. You can't see. Open your eyes. You can. That's pretty much that simple. As a kid, when I was younger, we lived on a dead-end street. And so we, our kids, we got to ride. We rode our bikes all the time. There wasn't a whole lot of traffic. So we rode our bikes up and down the road, up and down the road all day. And, you know, we were little daredevils. We thought we were little evil Knievels. We did stuff like build ramps and know we would jump. And then some of us would lay down and jump over each other, which I don't know why we did that, but we did stuff like that. We, uh, you know, we would get on our bikes. We'd, you know, try to pop wheelies, of course. So you would go the furthest, ride on the handlebars, try to stand up. We've had a bunch of crashes and a bunch of wrecks on the way. Uh, we, we would even see who could like, lead the longest skid mark, you know, by going as fast as we could, slam on the brakes, you know, and, and slide as far as we could. And we used to do that in my driveway until my dad got tired of the black marks that, that were in the driveway and told us to stop it. Well, as and I said this morning, those, uh, you know, the, the kids of the 80s didn't always do what their parents said. And so... We were out there, and you know, as a, as a little one, as a kid, you think the further back you go, the faster you're going to get by the time you get there. Someone like all the way down the block came screaming in as fast as I could on my bike, get into the driveway. I'm about to, you know, lay down a long black mark and show all my friends how to do it, and I look, and there's my dad standing on the porch. <laughs> and so I froze. I like panicked. I didn't put on their brakes, I didn't slow down, and I ran straight into the garage door. Boom! Now, I didn't break anything, luckily I was okay, but, you know, that was just, it was a stupid thing to do. We used to, we did crazy things like that, and then we discovered that we could ride our bikes with no hands. Do y'all remember the day that you decided you could finally handle the bike and you could ride no-handed and you could just go forever? Well, I had this brilliant idea to get it in my neighbor, our neighbors had a driveway, and it kind of, it was just regular concrete driveway, but it had a little slope at the end, and it went down to the road. It wasn't real big, but in my mind, it was giant, because I was little. Well, I thought, I'm going to ride down the driveway with no hands, and with my eyes closed. And so, so I hopped on the bike, and, and I did that, and close my eyes and I'm going with no hands and some at some point I get down to the bottom of the driveway there and I crash and uh, you might not be able to see it but I have a scar right here on my elbow and this the, the scar it's where the hunk of meat got pulled out of my arm as it drug across the concrete and the gravel and the dirt it's a reminder that it was a stupid decision to try to ride blindly don't ever try that, okay? Don't do this at home. Now, if we live life with our eyes closed, we're going to crash. We're going to have wrecks. We're going to have problems. We're going to run into stuff. We're going to get hurt. And even if you're a great person, hey, we were, we were fairly decent kids, and we only did a few bad things. Um, but you, you might be a, a really, really good person, but if you go through life with your eyes shut, you can be good, but you're still not going to make good choices, you're not going to go through life wisely. Things are going to go wrong. Folks, there's a, the, there's a lot of people in this world today that are physically blind. You know, they can't see where they're going, and, and it's a physical thing. They, they manage. 
But, but there's something even, I think, bigger than that. And, and you know, even more importantly, many people are spiritually blind. Not just physically, but spiritually blind. Jesus had to constantly deal with people who were completely spiritual, spiritually blind. These guys were called the Pharisees. They were corrupt. They wanted people's money. And they even perverted God's words to try to manipulate people into doing what they wanted, especially giving them money. They even went so far as to say that the gifts and the money that people came to the temple to give was more important than the temple where they worshipped. They, they said that the gifts and money people came and put on the altar where these gifts were all collected and then dedicated to God, that their money was more important than the altar. Well, Jesus hammered these guys. I mean, when you read the gospel, sometimes you're like, poor Pharisees, Jesus is just killing them. Well, I, I always kind of try to remember, but God is love, and Jesus is doing the loving thing, even though it's what I call two-by-four treatment. I mean, upside the head with a two-by-four, but they needed it because they were so blind to have any hope at all that they'd start to see. So let's look at a passage where Jesus slams these Pharisees for their spiritual blindness. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but it, that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind. He's just, he's just really hammering on him, he? And we stopped there. We could have read a few more verses where he calls them blind again. So he really, really tried to shake up the Pharisees because they were spiritually blind. Now, we're not saying anybody here is a Pharisee today, but we do want to say that we can all struggle with some form of spiritual blindness. Some people are like the Pharisees in that they don't have any spiritual sight, and that's because they don't have a real relationship with God through Jesus. They haven't come into the family of God by faith yet. They don't get things spiritually because they don't have God's Holy Spirit within them to help them see things. Now, what can happen, though, is that God starts to draw a person to himself and God starts to tug at their heart and show them where they're rebelling against God and then starting to give them faith to believe that Jesus' death can pay for their sins. And so then a person comes to the point to realize, you know what, I get it, God. And, and they could pray something like this. God, I, I get it. I see where I have so messed up and sinned, and, and I need your forgiveness. And Jesus, you died on the cross for me, so God, please Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, I, I turn away from it. I turn to you today and I say, come into my life. God, come into my life. Give me your spirit today. Pour out your spirit into my life. And Lord, here's my life. I give it back to you. You're the boss. Amen. When a person's ready, when God's brought you to that point, that's all it takes to basically accept what God's offering by faith and you begin to have a real relationship with God and you begin to have what we're talking about today, spiritual sight. You begin to see things spiritually. Unlike the Pharisees, you have spiritual sight. You begin to understand spiritual things and principles and dynamics. You begin to understand what God is like. What does, what does he mean with his words? Why does he act the way he does? So God wants to help us 
make the most of the spiritual sight that we have because His Spirit is within us. God gave us the Bible to help us develop our spiritual sight. The Bible can help us develop our spiritual sight. In Psalm 119, we read this. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wonderful things from your instruction. Open my eyes. This is a prayer for God. I want spiritual insight. I want to see things the way you do. And then the rest of the verse answers how it comes through God's words. As I look at wonderful things in your word from your instruction. So as I am in the Bible and reading the Bible, it develops spiritual sight in my life. When Jesus came and uh, grew to be an adult and started his public ministry, he came to a special day where he went to the local synagogue and he got the scrolls for the prophet Isaiah and he found the place where it was talking about him hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but talking about him. And he read this passage. It just has a few things listed. This is what I'm here for. And one of the things Jesus said, that, said was, I've come to give recovery of sight to the blind. One of the main reasons Jesus came was to give you and me spiritual sight. He also healed some blind people of physical blindness, but he's out after something for everybody that we can have spiritual sight. So through the Bible, our spiritual sight can be developed, but there's something even bigger here. Developing our spiritual sight through the Bible will eventually make us wise people. We can become wise people. Obviously, nobody wants to be dumb. And more importantly, God doesn't want us to be dumb. So he gives us all this help in the Bible to be wise people. Uh, One book of the Bible that's located right about in the middle called Proverbs is full of wisdom. It's all about wisdom. And we want to look at a couple verses here from Proverbs chapter 2. For the Lord grants wisdom. God wants to give us wisdom. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. We could stop there and just talk the rest of the day. With wisdom, I understand what's right. I can see in situations and go, no, that's not right, that is. I can understand what's just, what what is the just thing for people, and fair thing for people. And I can find guidance for my life. I'll know the way to go. But there's more. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. There's the two sides of the coin. The heart is that spiritual insight we're talking about. And and the head is where we have knowledge. And God uses it to help us begin to see. So we're filled with wisdom and our heart is filled with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. I love that phrase. I, I picture somebody who's been struggling to make a good decision. And they finally figure it out. God gives them wisdom. And they make a good decision, and they go to bed and sleep like a baby. Um, and I mean the baby that sleeps all night, all night long. Not like, you know, some of y'all have the little ones that don't quite sleep all night, and you don't either. No, no, all night sleep. Because they made a wise choice, and they have peace, they're not worried about the future. And just what this phrase says happens. It's like the wise choice watches over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people from those whose words are twisted. As we grow in wisdom, we can discern where people are coming from sometimes and realize, you know what? He's just trying to manipulate me. That's that's not good for me. And with wisdom, we can see those things. So in general, wise people 
have a pretty good understanding of what God is like and how we can have the best life that he wants us to have. Jesus said, I came to give you the abundant life. Wise people get it and know how to live it. And again, why? How do they get wise? Because they have regularly over time been reading their Bible and letting God develop spiritual sight. There are some evidences of wisdom I want to mention this morning. First is making good decisions. As I have growing wisdom, I make good decisions. People who are really wise, they pretty much hit it almost every time. Every time there's a big decision. Because they're so smart, no. Because God has developed spiritual sight as they've been reading the Bible often for years and years. And they become wise and they just know what to do. They're not perfect, of course. Wise people make mistakes. But they get it right much more often than they get it wrong. Uh, Let me give you an example. Say you're having a conflict with somebody. And they are angry, and you're kind of angry too, and, and, and they're wrong, and you, you think they're totally wrong. You know, you probably aren't right, but, you know, you're just, it's all their fault. You're both angry, but if a wise person would give it a little thought, a little prayer, and they might think this. You know, I've read in Proverbs a number of times over the years that a soft answer turns away wrath. And as they're praying about it, they're realizing, well, that's God speaking to me. That's God reminding me of that scripture that I've read many times. And so I'm going to make an appointment and get with them. And I'm going to take the high road and say, you know what? My bad. I'm sorry we've had this conflict. I'm going to own whatever I can that caused it. And and I'm going to appeal to them and say, could you please have a conversation? Could we please try to work this out? A wise person would do that because they know a soft answer turns away wrath. Now, another example is flipping the, uh, the coin over, not just looking at how wisdom helps me, but let's talk about other people. The evidence of wisdom is also giving good advice, giving good advice. People who are wise not only live wisely, but they can help others live wisely. Think about it for a second. You probably know somebody in your life that you often go to them to ask for their advice. For ask for their input, to ask for their suggestions. And why is that? Because over time, you've seen that they are a wise person and they live life wisely. So how, how do we handle the Bible? How do we do it in such a way that our, our spiritual sight develops? In such a way that we become wise and, you know, in a such a way that we live better? Well, I'm going to give you some good advice. Okay, so, but I want to ask you something. How many of you have ever been to the doctor? Come on, let me see your hands. All right, we've been to the doctor, right? How many of you have ever been to the doctor, you did what the doctor said to do, and you were glad that you did it? All right, y'all know the next question coming, right? How many of you went to the doctor, you did not do what they said, and you wished you would have? Okay, folks, we're here in this series talking to you about the Bible. We're telling you that the Bible has good things for you, that it has life for you. It's God showing his love to you. Take what we're saying to be true and, and at least try it. At least do the things we're saying about the advice I'm about to give you. you know, in, in that context, I want to read you something. First John 2, 27. This is referring to God, the Holy Spirit, God on earth. The Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. 
Folks, to, to become wise and have this, you know, the, the spiritual sight, spiritual wisdom working in our lives, to get to know God better, our lives working better, the Bible is a big answer to that. Uh, you're reading the Bible, taking it seriously, and, and really trying to put it into our lives, asking God to teach us in it is a big deal. Now, the, the, in this series, we've been asking you to, asking you to do a devotional. And we've each week said, hey, here's the one for this week, and here's, this, is, this is what we're going to do. Uh, last week, the one was called Deeper into Scripture, a seven-day plan. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it again here in a second. This is that practical part. But this last week's devotional gave us a good outline for handling what we read in the Bible. So not just for last week, but for like forever, I mean, for a long time, for, or at least a consistent basis, you can actually use this outline when you read the Bible, and it can help you apply it to your life. And so it's in your notes. If you look there at the back on the, the well, not on the back, but the second, third, page three, I guess, you look on there, there's four things listed, enter, impress, pray, and live. And I want to tell you what those mean, tell you what they are, in case, because I know some of you, I know, I know 99% of you did the devotional last week. And y'all did exactly what was in there, and y'all read it. Y'all did what the doctor said. And then there's that, only that 1% of y'all in here that are naughty people, and you didn't do it. Uh, so it's okay. I won't ask you to raise your hand of who you are. But just in case you didn't, I want to point this out. Here's what you do. Here's a good way to do this. So you read something. You read a passage of Scripture in the Bible. And then, uh, let me back that up. You do the first thing, which is enter. You, you enter into it. You familiarize yourself with the passage. So you read it one time. Okay, I kind of got a little bit of an idea what's happening. I at least read what it said, or the story, or, the, or this little section in the Bible. I got it. Then you read it again. Same piece. And this time, right before you read it, you ask God to impress on you what he wants you to get. That's the impress. God, what, do you wanna, what are you trying to get to pop out to me? What is it that I, I need to see that needs to jump off the page at me? And it might have happened the first time you read it, but in, in case it didn't, ask the second time, God help me. So then, then read it and see what jumps off at you, what kind of sticks and like, oh, maybe that part is for me today. All right, then you do it again. This time, while you're reading it, you say, okay, God, I got that. That part stuck out to me. I kind of understand how this story or how this passage is going. And so you read, and then as you're reading it, stop each time you're like, God, okay, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for, for that part. Thank you for saying that to me. Thank you for, for giving me the, the Bible and loving me. And, and just kind of have a communication with God. Make it an interacting thing as you read. Some things will probably come to your mind as you're reading, and you might even say, God, I don't really understand that part. That doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what that word means. Well, that's fine. Talk to him about it. And so make it an interactive thing, and then do it again. This time, though, before you read it, say, God, show me how to live this out. That's the live part. God, show me how to apply this to my life today. And you may, you may have already started to got that by that point, but then again, you might, it may not be clicking yet. So God, how do, I, how do I do that? Is there something, God, in my life that I need to start doing that I haven't been? Uh, you know, reading this, is there something? Is there something that I need to stop doing that I have been doing? Or maybe it could even be, God, there's something I just need to keep doing because I've been doing it right. Well, ask him. Ask him to help you. I mean, this is a big deal. And, and even consider taking maybe some notes 
It's okay to write in. If you have a physical Bible, like make a paper one, it's okay to write in it. You will not go to hell for writing in your Bible. All right? it, you, won't, you can. You can write in there. If, it might help you go to heaven, yeah. And so, I mean, like, I, I use my iPad or my phone. Well, you know what? You can probably highlight and type notes, you know, and, and I like to do it that way. But use that. Use those tools and begin to apply God's love to your life and watch it, watch it work. Now, this week, we have a new devotional to ask for, we're asking you to do, we're asking us all to do for the next seven days. And... Uh, just in case you haven't been here, we'll go through it with you. Here's how we do it. We're using the uh, Version Bible app. If you do it on your computer, it's Bible.com. And oh, by the way, we know that sometimes here at Ignite Church, the Wi-Fi is slow and will drive you out of your mind. And so go ahead and click your Wi-Fi off, and let's just go get all of our inf- information today straight from the satellite that we launched into orbit just to give us this stuff. We didn't actually do that. But um, we have coming this next week new cables. Like, like they're going to run new cable to our building, and we're speeding up the Internet, but it's not today. It's this coming week. So just so you guys don't have to sit there and wait for the little spinny thing, <laughs> go to your app store if you don't have the app already. version. this is what it looks like. Download it. You may have to register, email, you know, things like that. Once you get there, then it, you, you open up the app, okay? And here's how you do this. You search for the plan. Now, if you have a phone from God, the iPhone, <laughs> on the bottom, there, it's in the center, and the little, little icon says plan. And you just you tap it, and then you hit discover, and you type in the 2020 experience, and you're going to find the devotional that we're doing this week. And you start it and go. If you do not have one of those phones, you have some sort of other knockoff, then what you do is you look down at the bottom of the app, and it doesn't say plan. It just has an icon. Say, so, so click the center one. All right, we're sorry. I'm sorry. Just click the center one, and then it'll get you to the same place. You hit discover, and you type in search. And I know some of you may want to quit church now because I said that, but Ed uses that kind of phone. I use the God phone. So... One, you know, one way or another, you're okay. You can stay. After you get that, you go to the 2020 experience, do the app, you know, start it, and each day go through it. And I want to encourage you to do something. This one's a little different than last week's, but try those four things with this one too. Try it. Give it a shot. And oh, by the way, an interesting thing that you could do, you could try, is you read it the first time, and then you change the version and read it in a different version the next time. You can do that. You can do it in the app or on the computer. You can change the version that you're reading. And I'll be honest, sometimes I just hit the little play button and I let, my, mine's a guy reading to me. Um, I just let him read it to me because I just like that. I like, I like to be read to. So, I don't know what that means. So, anyway, we encourage you guys to do that stuff. We encourage you to do that and apply the Bible to your life because it is great. We do believe the Bible is great. We do believe it is God reaching out to us and loving us. And give it a shot. I know some of you in here are doing it, and I know some of you in here are not. Not because I have, you know, eyes on you. It's just because we're people, and I know how life goes. So if you haven't been, start today. Start today and watch and see what it does for you. You guys stand up with us. Before we're going to pray for you, I want to make mention of something, and that is that every Sunday, 
we have people that are here that are ready and willing to pray for you personally. If you came today and you're like, I got something going on in my life. I just, can I talk to somebody? Can, I, can somebody pray for me? Yes, they can. Yes, they will. And we have people that take this very seriously. They care about you and they want to take the time to pray for you personally. So if you need that, as soon as we start to walk out these doors, instead of going that way, you come up this way. We'll have people on either side of the stage. They will take the time to, to privately to pray for you, whatever it is that you might need. We believe in this, and they, they, again, they love you guys, and they want to do that for you guys. So if you need that, please take advantage of it. And with that being said, let, let's just close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for every person in here. God, we thank you for everything that you've spoken into our hearts today. And we pray that this week you help us to connect with your love through the Bible. Pray that this week your hand is upon each and every person and we hear the things that you're saying to us. Bring us back next week ready to hear what you want to say to us again. And God, again, I pray that you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.